everyone. Welcome to episode 21. Dan and I are here to talk a little bit about strategies related to reopening school. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? Good. I'm having a little bit of an issue that it's the mid part of summer. And by the time listeners hear this episode, it'll be like right when school is starting. So I'm starting to feel that pressure of getting everything done. Absolutely. One of my markers for summer when I used to be a teacher is it wasn't really time to start school yet until you saw the first back to school closed commercial. And that was when it just hit me like, oh, it's coming. And now that I don't really watch TV with commercials, I, I lose that sense of time. So I don't get that kind of PTSD of like, oh, no, school's coming again. It's just such a different experience as a teacher. Yeah, I was in the Walmart and I saw the back to school aisles. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I should pick up some stuff now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's when it yeah. hits you is when it becomes a reality. Yeah. Like they're trying to market to this whole, it's almost like the next Black Friday or whatever. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So fun. All right. Well, so I thought for this episode, we would just have a conversation about some of our tips and tricks and ways that we really get ready for school to reopen. So if you're game, let's just share some of our best ideas and kind of reflections and hopefully some strategies for the listeners. Yeah. What's cool is one of our first topics here is share some background, team composition and structure, school size, team mm-hmm. size and positions is really cool because I've been working for the county office of ed for Kern County for several years now. And big part of that was in alternative education, which mm-hmm. is really unique because it's year round. So when you mm-hmm. say back to school, it's, right. <laughs> it's always at school. Yeah, because we support court and community students. So uh, they go to school year round. So it's a a pretty, what's unique about it is we're constantly supporting student Mm -hmm. education. The team size, we were two to three staff, depending on what positions we could fill. But we Mm -hmm. supported schools geographically all over Kern County, which is a pretty big county. So part of that planning is how do we get equipment to different sites? How do we support people so far away from each other. So as a county office, it's very unique in that aspect of it. Yeah. So I hadn't really considered the schools going year round, but since we have summer school, it Mm -hmm. feels that way a little bit for us as well. So we launch four to five summer schools every year. And even if some of them are small with our special ed groups, but we have them all in different databases. And so that's just a whole another complexity to manage. So I was really thinking as I plan for this podcast, like how do I help summer school become a little bit more independent? So it's not so tech team heavy in terms of how much setup we have to do for them, because some of the challenges they have new staff every year. So we have to kind of do all the configurations in the student information system. And, but it takes about half the summer running the summer schools. And so it leaves a really small window for big projects. So team size for us, there are 10 of us in the department now. Um, We're really fortunate to have a site tech per school site, which is really rare, but we've created just this culture of experimentation for teachers. So having somebody there really allows them to take risks and grow. So that's been really helpful. And then I've got a brand new team member this summer for our database system. So I have a new data specialist. What's fascinating about that is she came from one of our school sites as an office manager, but she has an accounting background and it's like this perfect match for CalPads. And so, I mean, I was thinking like, as we try to recruit staff and like thinking a little bit outside of the box of, you might not necessarily find somebody who has that experience, but what skills match up and man, just putting that out there. If you know, accountants, CalPads is, is a really easy transition for them. So that's been kind of fun to see. That's really a cool way of thinking about that too. How do you fill mm-hmm. spots and you look at mm-hmm. maybe sideline experience that will tie into yes. the experience you're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. So I know that sites working on some job frameworks. I know Laurel's working on that, but I was thinking if there's ways to expand how we look at it, like you said, that sideline experience, because we're going to have to do some creative recruiting. As you said, we're not always able to fill these spots. 
even for budgeting, like one of the big mm-hmm. things we did was at the start of the school year, even though we're year round, but everything's due because we all we go by the fiscal year is that budgeting of the new software. Do we want to keep old software? Do we have a way to gauge engagement with that old software to see if we want to maintain those contracts with vendors? It's a good time to evaluate. And then if you have somebody who has a good mind for budgeting and, and it can, can say, okay, maybe at one time we were using this a lot, but now this piece of software that we're paying a hundred grand a year for is barely mm-hmm. used. Is, mm-hmm. is it something we want to maintain and, and move forward with? So mm-hmm. it's a good time to bring up those questions at the beginning of the, mm-hmm. the year. Yeah, that's awesome. So we've covered it a little bit already, but what does a typical summer look like in your world at the county office? Oh, being it's year-round school, we have uh, students that are incarcerated. So depending on when they get arrested and they come to us, their time served is always learning. So Mm. it's always having equipment, technology Mm -hmm. available to them, infrastructure Mm -hmm. that's available to them. Typical summer is just like typical school year. We're offering the same services throughout Mm -hmm. the year. But you have to be able to. So that's what's also Mm -hmm. big, where most school districts have that time, like, okay, after summer school and before school starts, that's when we can put in portables or we can Mm -hmm. do infrastructure changes with the county office. It's always in flux and and it's Mm -hmm. with learning because it's always Mm -hmm. going on at the same time. So I know with other districts, it's kind of fun because you have that little window where you can, all right, let's pull these old portables out, put the new ones in and uh, let's get them wired up. We just have to do that as learning progresses at the same time. So it's a different challenge. It's fun though. Yeah, that's exactly what we're in the middle of right now. We have a school site that's going to get some construction starting and Mm -hmm. the new temporary housing was just delivered. The wiring's going in right now. I'm calling vendors trying to find switch gear because of course the ones that I need are oddly still back ordered. And yeah, yeah, that's the, we're adding 14 classrooms onto the campus and getting everybody moved. So yeah, for us, summertime is a lot about maintenance. It's about thinking ahead, doing that careful planning, as you said, budget review, and then trying to find ways to innovate with all of the, all the stuff going on. Yeah. When you're traditionally putting buildings in, are you guys doing like the mobile portables or are you building standard buildings? We're actually doing something unique. We're using modular construction. So they build it all offsite. I mean, and it's steel frame. It's amazing that it comes together and they build this like beautiful two-story building. And so each piece kind of comes as a half a classroom and then they put it all together. But it saves a lot of time and money because the boxes are built in the factory so they can really do quality control. Imagine if it's like, I've been to the factory to see it and it's like an assembly line. The tradesmen are all in one spot and the building kind of comes to them as they outfit it. And then they put it all together on site. So you wouldn't know that it was built offsite because it's incredible the way it all gets wrapped on campus and it's a completely modern, beautiful building. So that's what we've done to save a little bit of money. That sounds super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. The challenge was the first building that went in a couple of years ago, it was a two-story building with a bridge and we had four, four inch conduits connecting through the bridge. That was going to be how we ran the cables across and they didn't line up. And it was oh, no. in the it was in the concrete, and I'm like the joints are off, and so it was like I guess we're spinning up two IDFs, and we can get fiber through, but we are not getting 120 Cat 6A cables through that because it was wow. just going to be no way. So that's some of the challenge of it of the kind of the offsite build, but you find ways, and that makes it kind of fun. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, we at some points have to use microwave just because getting fiber to places includes yeah. mountain ranges. So it's, it's, right. how, yeah. it's how, how do you think around those problems? It's really key, especially those summertime projects. 
Yeah. And I think what's really fun about working in IT in this realm is just like how much you have to develop your improv skills and also just believing that there's a way, like you just don't give up. You just like, okay, what else is in the environment? How else can I make this work? And you just get enough smart people around you and you just, you get creative and clever, hopefully not band-aid creative and clever, but actually like good solutions that you have to improvise, but it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's changed my mindset. I used to, I think I used to probably give up on things a lot easier. Even if I find myself at my house and something's not working, I just pause and I'm like, what else is around me that can make this work? And sharpening that skill has been kind of fun. Yeah. I was recently having a conversation with somebody and they say, what do you do when something, when you're trying to implement something technology yeah. and it doesn't work? I'm like, yeah. I always plan for it to not work. Yes, I'm so yeah. used to it not working. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this the mindset is redundancy from the start, right? Yeah, I'm going to pull exactly. two, at least two fiber strands over that way yeah. so that I can, yes. I can plan for that. I'm going to get two SFPs in the switch. I'm going to, I'm going to try to incorporate as much redundancy as possible because I'm yeah. always planning for stuff to not work. One of our sites is, is off on a, the side of a mountain and they have field mice that mm-hmm. love to eat the wiring. So yeah. it's like, okay, so wiring's not a good idea. Let's shoot microwave. Let's do some uh, some other things we can to get those connections going without critters taking advantage of it. So weird that when you think of technology, you have to think of, mm-hmm. you know, those little side things that can ruin the connections. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing, like kind of going back to just how summer runs, one thing that, and it goes to exactly this idea of redundancy, is I started using a project management tool to map out our summer projects. So I use Asana, which is just excellent. And so I map out, you know, week by week, all the things we need to accomplish. And what's so great is I can make a copy of it at the end of every year. And then next year, it's like all the maintenance stuff is already on there. I just kind of adjust the dates and things like that. But it helps us really manage workloads so we can see if we've overplanned, if we have too much going on and just as ways to not miss things because it's it's really easy to have these grand ideas and then you're understaffed or somebody takes a vacation and kind of throws everything off. So that's been something that has been a really good change for us to implement. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. something that I definitely need to work on myself because it seems like I'm mm-hmm. always behind the eight ball, right? Something's always yeah. due. And to have yes. a little foresight and planning in that seems like it would really be an assistance to someone. Yeah. And then this year we added a new category because you can kind of map it out by week or however you want to organize the board. We added something called new requests. And then as things come up during the school year and we always say like, oh, we'll take care of that this summer. Now this is where we put everything. So it doesn't have to stay in the ticketing system, kind of like Mm -hmm. throwing off our data. It just goes on the Asana board. And like when we get to it, we'll like go through our summer new requests and see what we can implement. So that's been kind of fun too. And it's not just pushed to summer, which can just right. mean that this empty yeah. black hole of time. Yeah, you can exactly. actually attribute some type of time to it, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And then what's nice also is the whole team can see the board. So if somebody kind of gets something done, they can grab something from, you know, another week, they can work ahead. It, it just adds a lot of flexibility and it's made it so it's less micromanaging because everything's mapped out. I mean, it just takes a little bit of work to check in and see if everybody's moving their projects forward. So it's been a, a nice innovation for us to use that. Any big training initiatives that your site does? Oh, yes. During summer? So, so many. Yeah. So one of the things, I'm really fortunate being in the IT side, but also doing a lot with partnering with Ed Services because I have a teacher on special assignment and my background being on the Ed side as well. So we do a couple Google boot camps. So we already had those this summer and we invite anybody from neighboring districts to come spend a week with us and get Google certified. So we did that the first week of summer. So we had a Google level one camp and a Google level two camp and they're, they're just really fun. So everybody can take the certification exam, spend a week with us learning. And so that's really fun. And then the end of summer, right as teachers are coming back, we do a week long session of about nine or 10 different mini lessons that they can 
come join. So it like we're having my tech level one is teaching on how to troubleshoot like a pro. So he's going to do a session and train everybody to kind of think like him. And how do you solve problems in the classroom? And then I'm going to do a session on Parent Square, something on Catapult. So we just pick all of our big initiatives and whatever teachers are interested in and do a week-long kind of mini conference that teachers can come to. So that one's really fun. And then finally, I think the big one is going to be AI. So we're going to do a lot of, we have probably an hour and a half session planned for all of our high school teachers and then an optional session for people to actually come play with ChatGPT and think about it. So we're starting to create the thinking frames around AI and what that means for a school, what boundaries we need to be in place. So that's a big project I'm working on right now. Any like professional training programs you use besides internal training? Like I know locally for us, county offices purchased LinkedIn Learning, which is really cool mm-hmm. because it's not only a great for IT, there's a lot of good IT resources on that mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. site, but it also has like management and other, mm-hmm. other anything related to business, you could find some type of meaningful training on. And I really liked the social engagement of it. We get a lot of mm-hmm. uh, partnering and people, you know, that the attaboys for, for taking mm-hmm. that class and completing mm-hmm. the course. I like that one. I've used several other different vendors that, mm-hmm. that offer some type of video or lab type training. I've used itpro.tv, Stormwind. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah those are good. ITPro's TV is pretty good. But I've kind of landed on the LinkedIn just because of your buddies can see that you did something. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. For anybody in LA County, if you have a library card, you get access for free. So really? I don't know. That is yes. fantastic. Wow. Yeah. So the, our tech team, we walked over to the library one day and all got our library cards and got access. So I don't think we get the cool feature of seeing each other. Oh, but I guess so through your account. Yeah. When you complete something, you get the, yeah. Get, yeah. You get the yeah. opportunity to post that you did it. Yeah. Not that, yeah, not that I'm pushing LinkedIn learning or anything. Yeah. Or any, any no, it's, I mean, as a free resource, if you're in yeah. LA County, I mean, check with your library because your other counties may have it. Wow. Free that's too. cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think edX and Coursera and Udemy, I think all of those, like I had a subscription for my team for IT Pro TV and it was great, but not everybody took advantage of it. So mm-hmm. I switched to just, if you find a course you want to take, let me know and I'll sign you up just to save money. Cause I think I was paying thousands a year for IT Pro TV, which was nice if I wanted everybody to take the same course and we could talk about it. We did that a few times, but mm-hmm. it seemed like it was better motivation if people chose the course they wanted to take and then I pay for it and then they get their certificate. So I just kept the budget in place and now it's kind of a, as requested but I also make recommendations during the evaluations. Like, why don't you try this course out? Or I found this, I think this should be cool as a way to keep the learning going. Cause it's so important. Yeah, definitely. So how do you prepare staff for any changes or updates that need to happen? So this is right on topic with the training piece. I was just Mm -hmm. teaching this past weekend in the CTO mentor course, and my session is professional learning. And this next day is Ed Foundations. And we spent a lot of time talking about training and how to use that as a catalyst for when you're working on any big change in your district or COE. How do you use training as a way to help teachers or staff get ready for the next big thing? So I think that's the key that I have is early announcements, like let them know what's coming, explain the why. This year we're switching from Illuminate report cards and grade books to Aries because we're Illuminate is kind of consolidating and just really focusing on assessment and get, getting ready for some of those other pieces. So this is going to be a big shift for our teachers. So I let them all know in the springtime. And then we're trying to minimize the fear of the change. You know, you're going to be able to do all of these things the same way. It's just going to look a little bit different, but I think it's early communication it's training opportunities whenever they need it. And just being ready to help is, is kind of the strategies I use. What about you? Communication about those changes, I think is mm-hmm. very important internally yeah. and externally, right? So 
as a network engineer, you'll have somebody into to a switch or a server and, mm-hmm. and make that change. And then if that person forgot to vocalize it, I know I've done it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then the people are like, hey, what's going on? Why did this reboot? What's going on with this mm-hmm. server? So locally allow that change management to happen, but mm-hmm. also for your stakeholders, as far as teachers and other staff to hey, the icon for the Zoom is going to change and mm-hmm. it's going to look different and it's not a virus. It's they just mm-hmm. letting people know what those changes are going to look like and how it's mm-hmm. going to affect them. And just communicating that with your staff is super important so that they know what's going mm-hmm. on and they're not shocked when they do see that change. Another thing we did was we added, we went from basically unlimited storage on Google Drives for staff and we added data caps to that. So mm-hmm. communicating that to the staff before they, mm-hmm. they saw, oh man, I'm, I'm almost out of data mm-hmm. for my, my Google Drive. So just letting people know what's going to happen before it happens. So there's no shock value there is very yes. important communication. Absolutely. And, and you can't communicate too much. You may think you've done it and there's still going to be people that are surprised. I almost want to build in like, okay, if you've read this email, tell two friends so that they, <laughs> yeah. they know the change is coming. All right. So next one I have on the list for us is, is, and I don't, it sounds like with your world, kind of it being year round, but you notice kind of an uptick in service calls or reports for help as the kind of year opens. But I guess, like you said, you're in year round mode. So this is always going for you. Absolutely. Because our our numbers fluctuate throughout the year with summer Mm. being the lowest, as that new year happens, we bring the bulk of our staff back that weren't covering for those gaps and needs. Now now everybody's back and it's like the ticket system just goes crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all those requests. Mm -hmm. That's where you have to do take moments for yourself because you do feel overwhelmed locally for us uh, Mm -hmm. because your ticket queue goes from a manageable like five to 10 tickets to all of a sudden we're, we're pushing at 60, 70 tickets and they all want to get their classroom set up. So preparing for that is huge, right? Hey, is Mm -hmm. maybe walk in those classrooms during summertime Mm -hmm. to make sure that projector turns on and the computer's connected to it and Mm -hmm. doing those walks would save you a ton of time with those rush tickets. Hey, I just got to my classroom and I noticed I can't connect to the internet. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. figuring out what's going on is the, a lot of times our custodial staff will move the classroom or around during the summertime, mm-hmm. do those deep cleaning and carpet shampooing and stuff. And sometimes things don't get put that back together mm-hmm. exactly hundred percent correctly. <laughs> and it's making those physical walks to those campuses and checking those, those systems to make sure that everything's going to work correctly. It's, it's mm-hmm. a big preparedness thing that, that we take care of because it's all due at that one day where school starts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. We have checklists of all of the classrooms and the site techs just go by one by one. They're 10-month employees, but I bring them back a week early and they go class mm-hmm. by class and they just make sure everything's working. Last year was really challenging because we opened up 20 new classrooms on campus. So we had to get the teachers moved in. We had brand new tech. The building wasn't 100% done. We added extra on. I mean, we had so many complications wow. and a new way to use their classroom with new furniture and so many things new access control, new HVAC, everything was new. And so that was a lot to kind of stand up in the in the early days of August. And then, so now we look for patterns, you know, what are the things that typically go wrong at the beginning of the year, like you said, and then you can plan for that, which is helpful. So I think that's probably my pro tip is look at your ticketing system and see what the spikes were about and then see if you can get ahead and, and map that out. Cause it's, it's pretty, it's usually predictable what they're going to need yeah. help with. Looking at historical data is really important. Having a good ticket system that allows you to do that. Yes. That's one of your considerations too when you're yeah. evaluating software. Can my right. ticket system manage, engage that historical data is very important. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, what's on the worry or excitement list for this school year for you? 
Oh, that's a good one. Okay. So my new mission in life is examining the tech department's reach and tasks that we're in charge of and making sure they're all the right ones. So if you think about a tech department, like we're really good at launching systems for people. They come to us when they need, they have a new idea or they, they have a project. And what my department particularly does is we keep the project. So we launch it for them and then it stands up and then we don't give it away. So we are trying to look at all the systems we've kind of like acquired over the years and mm -hmm. seeing if we can train up the departments that launch them to take them back. So for example, we're looking at access control that I helped launch four years ago. I think I'm actually giving it away this year. I'm so excited. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life that I don't have to assign badges and doors and do all that troubleshooting. Although today I do have to lock down the North Gym that's undergoing renovations and I haven't given it away yet, but it's on the list. So that I'm really excited about is just kind of examining even my network admin, who's also my system admin, who's also runs all the, you know, you have one year small shop and you have one person that has all those skills. I'm really excited about examining his workload and making sure it's the right work. So that's the thing that that's going to be big. And we're also fixing some little things like systems that we launched that we need to clean up. We're going to make some adjustments that have been causing problems. So one thing is we use ClassLink, which has been amazing for us with all of our online textbooks, but we, we set it up with AD to begin with. And it doesn't quite work as well as we want it to, as well as it could if you were doing Google SSO. So we're going to switch that this summer. That's going to save us probably a thousand hours of troubleshooting, like making that little change. So things like that, we're, we're really digging deep with what we have versus kind of launching new. Those are things I'm excited about. But I'm also excited about thinking about AI and helping teachers understand I want them to worry and I want them to be afraid, but I also want them to have wonder. So I'm working on framing that conversation. How do we do the responsible piece of ensuring that we're protecting our data and not accidentally putting things in that could be compromising? But how, how do we also find a way to use this tool because it's not going away? So trying to help teachers understand this isn't a tool that you're going to be able to pretend doesn't exist. It's not like I can, I can set up your classroom with all this wonderful tech and you can choose not to use it because that happens. That's not what's happening with AI. It's going to be in everything we do and everything we are about. So how do we make sure everybody kind of has that baseline understanding of what it is? So that I'm actually really excited about too. Awesome. I like how you said reevaluate those systems that you're already supporting. And it's, it's mm -hmm. basically every year adds to your workload, mm -hmm. right? As you stand up a new system, you're mm -hmm. the owner of it and you're maintaining mm -hmm. it. That brought to my mind camera systems, right? We're all mm -hmm. seem to be in charge of camera systems, mm -hmm. but yes. you have security staff, right? Yeah. If we can get past that training gap, we mm -hmm. can trust these people who are mm -hmm. trained professionals in security mm -hmm. to also manage yeah. those camera systems. I think it it lends itself to success. Yeah. What I would love, if there's anybody listening that wants to partner with me on this project, I want to create some sort of mini course about a security mindset. Because in, in IT, we're all trained and we have like, I'll do a confession. When I became the director of IT, I gave the teachers local admin rights because that was one of my frustrations as a teacher. It was like, why can't I install this software? This is so stupid. I have to wait so long, blah, blah, blah. And I was like a full advocate for that. And I took it back because once I became more involved and understood the world a little better, I realized the vulnerability there and my security mindset grew. I would love to create something where it's maybe it's a series of questions or maybe it's scenarios that people work through to just offer that training because then I feel like I could give systems back where they belong. I'm afraid to give systems away because I don't trust that others have that security mindset of zero trust or least privilege principle, like those, those cornerstones of how we set up and design our environments. Not everybody has that experience. So I think that would be a fun thing to kind of create in terms of systems and how people can use them. What about you? What's on your worry or excitement list for this school year? Well, 
personally for me, I've just accepted a new, a new position. So I will be a director of technology for one of our local school districts. So I'm Amazing. Su- super worried, super excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great school district and I'm yeah. very excited about this opportunity. So this podcast is not only for our listeners, it's also for me. <laughs> yeah. I am definitely taking awesome. notes and I'm going to, I'm going to run with this. So I'm super excited about yeah. diving into a new system, seeing mm-hmm. how I could best fit that system. Mm-hmm. And as part of the interview, one of the the cool things they, they asked me was like, what are the first three things you're going to do when you get this. And I said, it's all, it's all coming down to one thing and I'm going to listen. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, my main thing is to figure out what's the best thing I could do for the district. So Mm -hmm. evaluation, right? Look at Mm -hmm. this. If you're coming into a new system, if this is also for new techs, new Mm -hmm. management staff, see what's going on before you make waves because those waves Mm -hmm. can can impact people learning the systems around you. So that's, that's a, what excites me about what I'm going to be doing here for the next school year is learning new systems and seeing if there's something obvious I could do right off the bat to help without yeah. impacting everybody. Like you said, now I'm taking away all user rights to, yeah. to staff who are used to doing something a certain way. Yeah. So there's definitely going to be training on my end, as well as mm-hmm. training for people that I'm going to be working with. Well, luckily you're part of this really cool group called Site, and you have friends all across the state who can help you and, and I've been, um, uh, be, be there. Very active in my local regional group. Mm-hmm. And I've so been good on the board of that group and helping Mm -hmm. with these folks. And when they found out I got this position, so many people have reached out to me. Other directors of technology in Kern County was like, hey, Dan, we heard you got the job. We're excited for you. I expect phone calls. I was like, I am going to call you. (laughs) And it's definitely (laughs) going to happen. Very excited about leaning on my fellow team. And uh, not only locally, but outside in the site community, that's going to be just a tremendous resource. And I'll plug the site regional groups if you're not Mm -hmm. involved with one, mm-hmm. go ahead and jump in that. There's only an upside. <laughs> I don't see really Absolutely. any downside to it whatsoever. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm super excited about, super worried about, because you, I know if I'm going to walk into an IDF and see spaghetti all over the place, I'm going <laughs> to be spending some time. That's just the way it is. And and here at the county office, I've got to support other school districts, you know, that are transitioning their new mm-hmm. IT directors or they're mm-hmm. without one. So it's been, mm-hmm. I have an experience of going in and, and assisting in a manner where I could help school districts figure out what kind of tech issues they're having. So I'm excited about this. I'm expecting some sleepless nights, but it's part of the job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so rewarding. That's great. Congratulations. I'm super, super Thank excited you. for you on that new adventure. That's great. So kind of wrapping up, I just have two final thoughts for us. Any reflections from this last year? Like any takeaways as you embark on this new journey? Anything you're looking to accomplish? I mean, it feels pretty brand new for you. So you may not have a frame yet. Within this past year, I've really focused on training as a network engineer. I got to the mindset if I stayed still in technology, I wasn't moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to do... My goal is five hours a week of training, five hours a week of training per week, no matter Mm -hmm. what. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. I don't always hit it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's an hour. Sometimes I can get in 10 hours on my own time. But it's something that I've been really focused on. And I've been Mm -hmm. encouraging others people to do it as well. And Mm -hmm. it's been fun. Like I've Mm -hmm. I figure like how much time am I wasting watching movies or doing other things where it's it doesn't add a value added to my experience, right? Right. So I'm trying to calculate my time better and better use Mm -hmm. my time and and learn and grow. 
that's how I feel about like some of the social media. I was like, okay, is this giving me anything back? You know, yes, the, the, the infinity pool scrolling. Yeah. Or could yeah. I be doing something else? Yeah. Yeah. That's where my goal of five hours a week came in. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought mm-hmm. how much time am I just watching YouTube videos? It's definitely five hours a week. <laughs> I yeah. was like, I can better <laughs> use that in a different way. So I'm going to continue right. on that goal. I want to do at yeah. least five hours a week as a mindset trying to hit. I mean, if right. I don't get it, I'm not beating myself up, but at least I'm yeah. trying. So that's what I'm looking to accomplish and maintain is continual learning and continually um, fantastic encouraging other people to learn too as well. Mm-hmm. I love and yourself. What do you, what do you plan on doing? I mean, I want to steal the, steal some of those ideas. That's fantastic. I'm in grad school now. So I've got about 20 hours a week going on right now of, of learning. So, <laughs> so I got that going on, which is great, but I also just want to empower other people. I want to make sure everybody can do their job to the best of their ability. And yeah, I think I'm adopting that training mindset as well. I, I want to make sure everybody, I want to map out the systems that they're using and make sure they're using them efficiently. I think that's my initiative for this year is that people can do their work, do their work well, feel proud of what they're doing and and not face those frustrations. So building a little bit more independence is going to be my focus. That goes to building good team too, by the way. If you all know how to do something, then there's all a way to promote. There's all a Mm -hmm. way to get more engaged. I think it's, Mm -hmm. you can't go wrong with with Mm -hmm. learning new things. And I think Mm -hmm. that only helps our techs and -hmm. our managers and our teachers. We can all grow together or we can kind of like fall apart on the wayside, all in confusion. So Mm -hmm. I'd rather grow together. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's best for all. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things I learned in kind of all my studies and research is that when we talk about training, there's a sense of knowledge, like I've imparted knowledge and you can, you know about what's going to happen or what's, what's going on. But then there's that second piece of, do you have the skills? Like, did it mm-hmm. transfer? And so I really want to be intentional about those pieces that we're not just pushing out knowledge and, and experience, but we're actually checking to see if they understand what to do with the new system or how to adopt the new policy and do that skill check. And that might come a little bit later after the training first happens and maybe a week later that we check in. I, I just want to improve on that follow through side. I think that's going to make a tremendous impact for us. I want to tell a a little cool COVID story. One of my teachers that I supported all the time, you know, the habitual ticket teacher, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she was struggling, but a fantastic teacher. I watched her class. She's fantastic, but she really struggled with technology. And I spent a lot of time training. I knew her password because she forgot (laughs) it so often. I was like, all right, here, let me help you. Here's your password again. And this is how we remember it. Like just, Mm -hmm. just a fantastic teacher. And Mm -hmm. when COVID hit, by then she had so much training and how to use technology. She became mm-hmm. like the tech lead for the teachers. And, yes. uh, yeah, I was so happy for her that she kind of rose to the occasion yeah. and so proud of her. And she came to me and she's like, Dan, this was amazing that you taught me all this. And I, mm-hmm. I knew how to use our, our, our dashboard for our students right off the bat. And I was able to teach other teachers how to do it. So it's like so rewarding when you're able mm-hmm. to help a teacher who is struggling and give them that training that they need. And then you mm-hmm. could, they're already a teacher. They're going to show other mm-hmm. people how to do it. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's embedded in them. Mm-hmm. So if you teach the teacher, then they'll go around and they'll teach other teachers. It's, it only makes your job easier. And Absolutely. That's fantastic. So good. Yeah. I, I trying to think of there's, I can picture a teacher that in our world that that same thing happened to, and it just, it was mm-hmm. a rough start, but just, she, she accepted that this was going to be something she wanted to do and learn and be good at. And, and now she owns it and, and is an all-star for it. I think it's all about the mindset and just the encouragement. That's fantastic. Yeah. Patience, right? Have patience, yes, even though they're yeah. going to generate a lot of tickets, I know. but know that this person is, they're generating the tickets because they have an interest. If they're not generating the tickets and still have the problem, yeah, then you have that gap. 
So I, I don't know if you've ever done this in your ticketing system, but do you run the report to see who submitted the most tickets? I'm not going to answer <laughs> that question. <laughs> yes. We do that just for fun. And then yeah. another one we do that's just for fun is we pick like random numbers like the 10,000 ticket or the 15,000 ticket, whatever we are on. And uh-huh. then we go celebrate with the person who opened the ticket or the person who closed the ticket and oh, do like a little awesome. certificate of like, that is cool. you know, yeah, I like just that. find random fun things like that. I think I learned some of that from Jeremy Nishahara, like just find ways to have a little bit of fun in the work. What are our closing recommendations? Yeah. So I thought we could end this episode. We always end it usually with a game or a would you rather or something along mm-hmm. those lines. But since it's you and I today, I thought we could share just something that we're into that we think is a good recommendation for other people. So, so it could be an app, it could be a movie, a restaurant, a book or anything. So I'll start. I have read this book called Stop Talking, Start Influencing by Jarrett Cooney Horvath. It's fascinating. Like If you are involved in any kind of training or anything where you present information to other people, this is the book for you. It's super easy to read, super Super quick read. There's a podcast associated with it. There's a website, but again, stop talking, start influencing. And it just tells you how to be more effective as a presenter, as a trainer, as somebody trying to get a message across. So I I highly recommend that book. Check it out. For me, I know I've talked about training a bunch Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball right here, Uh, especially at this time when you're super busy, don't forget to take time for yourself. Yes. Go fishing, whatever your hobby is. For me, I like to go fishing. I'm not very good at it. So usually I just throw something, you throw a line in the water and just sit there. There's not much fishing involved, (laughs) (laughs) but take that time. It's very important Mm -hmm. that work-life balance is, don't let it overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. We're all busy this time of year. It's expected. It's the job. So Mm -hmm. take a few minutes, whatever you're into, meditation, whatever hobby that could just give you that little five minute breakaway or weekend Mm -hmm. breakaway so that you can level yourself out at the end and come back to work with that smile on your face that makes everybody lean on you once again. So don't forget about yourself. That's my recommendation. So good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining on this episode. Uh, You're an amazing co-host. want to give a shout out to our site media team and site leadership for always supporting this podcast and letting us have so much fun and sharing things we love about our job and how much we love sight. So always a good experience. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you. 